welcome into another episode of the Cali Green Monster Show. It's Tuesday, February 16th, 2021. Again, coming from the Tesla Studios, a.k.a. my car. I like to keep dropping that it is from the Tesla Studios. Maybe make this one of the gimmicks from the show. And you never know. Maybe one day the show gets large enough and has a large enough fan base. And Elon Musk might hear this and realize, wow, one of the number one talk podcasts. Well, I mean, I guess every podcast is probably talking because that's what else are you supposed to do on a podcast. But the number one sports talk, stuff talk, whatever talk podcast coming out of a Tesla. Maybe it's a Cali Green Monster show. Maybe we get a Tesla deal. You never know. But it doesn't work. It doesn't help, or it doesn't hurt to try, I guess. So yes, coming from the Tesla Studios, it's a Tuesday after three-day weekend. I don't know about you. These three-day weekends are perfect because I feel like they're the gift that keeps on giving. Because you come into work, feels like a Monday, but boom, it's like you time traveled Tuesday. So it's only a four-day week. I feel like that gives me a little extra pip in my step. I feel pretty good. I'm pretty, you know, I don't know if you could tell my voice. I feel like maybe I sound the same all the time. I still kind of have that dullard Southern California voice like, ha I'm excited. And then sometimes like, huh, I'm upset. And it sounds the same. So either way, I'm pumped, feeling energetic, ready to just dominate the week. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, let's dive into the world of sports, the world of football. I have some sad news Yesterday, the breaking news of former wide receiver Vincent Jackson, 38 years old. He was found unresponsive in a hotel room in the Tampa Bay area. He's only 38 years old. He's a former wide receiver for both San Diego Chargers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's a three-time pro bowler. He, came, he rose to prominence in San Diego, being one of Philip Rivers' primary weapons for a handful of years up until he let, up until his final season in 2011. He signed a big deal with Tampa Bay, where he may remain productive. You know, he was a six foot five, built wide receiver. You know, he was one of the I Vincent Vincent Jackson when that news was brought up. It was someone that I've always kind of the name had always been around I guess in my circle of people because you know in LA we didn't really have a football team and the San Diego Chargers were the closest closest thing we had to an NFL team so I had a lot of buddies that would go tailgate Charger games and stuff and on top of Antonio Gates and LaDainian Tomlinson and Phillip Rivers Vincent Jackson was one of the dudes that was always coming out of guy's mouth and was like oh dude this guy's one of the best wide receivers in the league and I knew some buddies of mine were upset <clears throat> when he did leave San Diego. So, you know, it's like anytime you hear news of someone passing away too soon, it's always upsetting and you never want to hear it, especially 38 years old. And then hearing that he was found unresponsive in a hotel room, that definitely makes you suspect that there probably was some sort of something not normal. You know, it's a professional former professional athlete those guys usually are in pretty good shape so i mean no signs of trauma so it makes you think if there was drugs involved but that's pure speculation i'm not trying to spread anything but apparently his family had reported him missing last week i guess since february 11th and that's when he checked into that hotel and on friday the police found him and i guess he was fine at the time so they 
they took away the missing persons report but i guess yeah when they checked him on yesterday he was you know he passed away so i think that there definitely is some questions surrounding what happened and i think we'll probably find out within the next coming weeks but either way it's sad to hear thoughts and prayers to vincent jackson's family and, and friends and you know any of any vincent jackson fans out there um, you know my thoughts are with you in other football news last friday one of the most hyped football prospects of the past 30 40 years had his pro day a month earlier than his college so the person i'm talking about is trevor lawrence he went out and showed out for about like i think it was like 15 to 20 different nfl teams which i think is a lot of those people probably wasted their time when you think about it there's no way that this guy is going any any lower than one and even if you imagine if he does somehow not go to jacksonville at one then he's for sure getting picked up at two so i guess that maybe anyone that decided to go out and watch the pro day it was either to watch the receivers that he was throwing to or they just wanted a free trip to clemson i don't know maybe there's a lots of parts of the country that are experiencing really bad weather so i don't know how the weather is in south carolina but maybe they wanted to just go and go on a mini vacation watch you know the number one prospect throw some dingers and man dude if you can go watch some of the highlights from his his film it was really impressive you know he was already locked up the number one you know being the number one prospect and number one draft pick so he really did not need to throw on his pro day I don't think so at all. I mean, his measurables are off the charts. He's like six foot six. He's been quarterbacking one of the number one, number two football team, college football team since he was a freshman. You know, he was highly touted out of high school. I think he was the number one prospect coming out of high school when he did go to Clemson. So this is someone that really didn't need to go out there, and he really had nothing to prove. But if anything, he went out there and just super solidified you know solidified the hype and also kind of just delivered on things that we already knew about him i mean he was throwing deep bombs that just looked so smooth the wide receivers wouldn't even have to break stride there was you know he was doing play actions rollouts it was amazing he was throwing it like 60 yards making it look effortless i think trevor lawrence is going to be extremely successful on the next level one of the scouts described him as Justin Herbert light and Justin Herbert is you know the rookie of the year out of the Los Angeles Chargers you know, he's six foot five he's someone that I'm really high on I think that he's you know one of the top five quarterbacks you could build your NFL franchise around um, but scouts are saying that Trevor Lawrence is that guy but just even better in all the other areas that Justin Herbert is so I'm expecting big things, and especially when you look at Justin Herbert last year, you know, he threw for over 4,000 yards and, like, 31 touchdowns. So it's, like, one of the – probably the best statistical rookie quarterback year of all time. So it's it would be impressive to see what Trevor Lawrence can do. Just consider that maybe, you know, that was a best-of-all-time season from Herbert. It might be hard to – or – it might be unreasonable to expect that from Trevor Lawrence, but the guy's that good, and he's going to be for a team that 
probably isn't going to be that good that first year, but they should have at least have a dynamic offense. And, and if they're falling behind, he's going to probably get a chance to throw the ball a lot. So, yeah, I'm expecting the big things from Trevor Lawrence and watching the pro day, you know, especially that he threw a month earlier, I guess, because he's going to be getting surgery on his non-throwing shoulder. So I guess by the time the Clemson's pro day would happen, I don't know, even know if he'd be able to participate. But, but like I said, it's just showing, I think, his competitiveness. And, you know, I think that's something you want from a quarterback that, you know, it's like he didn't need to throw, but he went out and did it. So, yep, I'm still super high on Trevor Lawrence. Some quick NBA things that happened last night I wanted to highlight. Julius Randle went for 44 points in a 123-112 win over the Hawks last night. You know, he's proving that he can be the centerpiece of a team and really like he and a team that's being competitive and in the playoff contention. And that's something that, you know, playoffs and Knicks is something that you really don't hear in the same sentence unless you're hearing there's no way the Knicks are getting the playoffs. The Knicks are almost at 500. After yesterday, they're riding a three-game winning streak. And, you know, Julius Randle, man, I think a couple weeks ago I had brought up should the Knicks sell high on Julius Randle and try to maybe bring in a more bona fide superstar or someone that, you know, someone else with or just capitalize and get more draft picks. But the thing is, I don't – it, draft picks sometimes can be fool's gold. It's all about what you can do with those draft picks. And Julius Randle is showing that, you know, he's a stud and he can be a guy in this league. And he's a bona fide all-star, especially if you look at this year. He's averaging 23 points, 11 rebounds, 5.5 assists. And that's that's coming from a power forward, a six foot eight power forward. So it's like he's got the numbers and he's shooting over 40% from three-point. So it's, you know especially him getting more comfortable shooting the three that's added another part of his game he's a great playmaker so Julius Randle he's really great I think the the New York Knicks have actually given New York City something exciting to talk about I think a lot of people thought it was just gonna be Brooklyn and Brooklyn is obviously the better team and the team that's probably going to make more noise in the playoffs regardless of how flawed the team is assembled but I think it, for Knicks fans, it's exciting, you know. Not since Patrick Ewing have you had – I mean, you, Amari Stoudemire was a pretty good power forward, but I felt like he had injury issues. So, you know, I was going to say it's you haven't had a real dependable power forward that you could build the team around or a big guy that you can build the team around since Patrick Ewing. So, yeah, pretty exciting for the Knicks. And the other team I wanted to highlight is the Utah Jazz. Last night, they got a big win, 134-123 over the 76ers, who are number one in the East. You know, it was a big win, especially when you look at the Jazz. They really didn't have their best game. And, I mean, you can highlight that Philadelphia didn't have their MVP candidate, Joel Embiid. You know, he wasn't playing. But if you look at the Jazz, they didn't have Mike Conley in the lineup. Donovan Mitchell didn't really have a good game. Bogdanovich didn't have a good game. Gobert wasn't that great on the offensive end but you know they were able to still figure it out they were able to get 40 from Jordan Clarkson um 
you know, Angles was solid. He was efficient, you know, getting 20 points. It wasn't in, and it wasn't 20 points all from three pointer, which you would expect from Joe Ingles. You know, he was scoring from inside the arc, which is cool to show that, okay, I guess this guy can score from inside outside. Yeah. No. And then with that win, in addition to their win on Saturday over Miami, they're nine, they've won 19 of 20 games. So this team is really, I think kind of proving that they, they are better than, or they are who they are. Like there's a lot of people over the past couple of weeks. And when I brought this up with my buddy, Steven is a lot of people don't believe in the Utah jazz. They think that they might be just like this regular season hype and then come playoff time, they're not going to be able to deliver or they're just someone that just doesn't inspire confidence in a lot of the NBA pundits around the league. But I think if you, if you look at them, the way they're built, they're very, they're very long. Like their team is just like, you know, Donovan Mitchell is a stud. He showed last year in the playoffs that he can carry a team and he can be he can be a superstar. It just so happens that they ran into a Denver Nuggets team that had another superstar that just you know and a, and a, and the and Denver Nuggets were just a better team last year. But I mean, like if you look at Utah this year, like I mentioned, they're very long, so I think they could switch up on defense and guard. You know, it, it really helps on defense. Down low, you got Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors, which is like two big dudes that can really protect the rim. So I really like what Utah brings, and them, the fact that they're doing so well, and they're going to probably wrap up a number one seed that's going to force teams to have to come into Utah and win a game like steal a game or two and Utah it's been a notorious hard place to play at like I know that I think the way that the court and the arena is assembled the the crowd is like up on the up on the on the players and most people that are are in Utah are jazz fans but I think even without the fans which probably won't be a factor this year because of COVID just the altitude of playing in Salt Lake City is something else. So I think you've got a team that can shoot and score. Like they, so they're they're good on offense and they're big on defense. And I think that they're going to provide problems for teams in the West. You know, the Lakers right now, as I've highlighted, Anthony Davis's Achilles is something that has been worrying me. And I guess he's going to be out for two to three weeks with the strain. And I guess he hurt his calf as well as Achilles. But, you know, that's exactly what happened with Kevin Durant. They were talking about it was just, it was a calf strain in addition to his Achilles. So it's like I'm in favor of, dude, just rest Anthony Davis for as long as possible for most of the regular season, if not all of it. Because if anything, just bring him back towards the end of the regular season where he can get back into some basketball shape and just be ready to go for the playoffs. So I don't know because, yeah, it just, you know, it's like John Wall. It's another guy with an Achilles injury that, you know, he's come back. It's, you know, the Achilles really worries me. So it's like the Lakers, I don't know how they're going to look going into the playoffs, and I think that that's the most dangerous team in the West. So, and besides that, you know, I think Utah, I think they can handle Denver. This, I think they'll be able to handle them this year. And honestly, until the Clippers show me something more in the playoffs, you know, them blowing the 3-1 series lead last year kind of really does inspire confidence to me. So, and I, cause I think that their team was better last year than they are this year. But, yeah, I think the Jazz definitely need to be taken seriously.
And yeah, I think for today's show, I think that's that's it. I figure I could ramble on and talk about other stuff, but you know, I I I come out with enough episodes and I talk about enough shit, and I think that's good enough for today. I appreciate everyone that listens. Like I mentioned, if I didn't have an audience, I would just be a dude sitting in his car talking on a microphone. So I appreciate it. Uh, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you prefer to listen. And yeah, again, thank you. It's from my from my Tesla. Shout out Elon Musk. It's been a Cali Green Monster Show. I'm Dean Ryan. Peace.